I've um, decided that I wanted to, or we would, focus on prayer at least this Sunday as we look to this new year, 2017. So I've entitled this message, A Call to Prayer. We uh, announced last week that we will have a time of prayer and fasting on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, this coming Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and encourage you to uh, spend some time in prayer and fasting. And for some of you, you cannot fast food, but you can fast something that, uh, that you enjoy and that you can set that aside, whether it's TV, whether it's chocolate, uh, no matter what it is. There is something that you can set aside, and during that time, that, or maybe it's dessert after a meal, after your lunch or breakfast and dinner. But take that time to uh, give to the Lord and to pray and ask God to move in the situations of, uh, uh, in people's lives that you know. But it's, it's a time of prayer, and we are called Faith Chapel. That's our name, and so we should be people of faith, people of prayer. And so I encourage you uh, this week and, and the re- remainder of this week and the remainder of this uh, year. But the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, spoke three words, and those same three words he repeated three times in his letter. Those words are, for this reason. So if you have your Bibles, you will want to turn to Ephesians, and uh, we're going to focus on uh, some verses in chapter 3, but I want to read to you uh, all three of these accounts. Uh, The first one is in Ephesians 1, starting at verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you, in my prayers. The second time is Ephesians 3.1. He says this, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for your sake, uh, for the sake of you Gentiles. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. And then the third time is in uh Verse 14, but I want to begin this section. This is the section we're going to look at with verse 13. So Ephesians 3, starting at verse 13. I ask you, therefore, do not be discouraged because of my suffering for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom uh, his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immensely, immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us, to him be glory in the church 
and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Father, I ask that you will just anoint your word in uh, this time. Father, as we look into your word, speak to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul was was encouraging and explaining why he wrote to the Ephesians, why he cared to pray for them. Paul was giving thanks to God as well as for the Gentiles, and he was reaffirming God's power and authority and presence in the believer's life. I believe Paul was saying the reason he started praying for the believers in Ephesus uh, in the first place, the reason that he had not stopped praying for them is because he was remembering their faith in Christ and that he was giving thanks to the Lord for them. Paul also told the believers in Ephesus that he was a prisoner of of Christ for the sake of the Gentiles in Ephesians, in Ephesus. Church, Paul did not see himself as a prisoner of Rome or of those religious attackers that were after him. Paul saw himself as a prisoner of Christ. Paul also told the Ephesians the reason he knelt before the Lord and prayed was so that they would be strengthened with power in their inner being and know the love of God. Knowing this love and power of God would encourage them and strengthen them in their inner being. See, Paul was praying their heart and soul would be strengthened so that they would choose to be a person of God, that they could withstand the attacks of the enemy. They could would not lose heart or be discouraged by what they saw or heard or experienced in life. How many of you can, can be, if you turn on the TV, you can get discouraged by seeing all this going on. You can get discouraged by what you hear, people praying and maybe they're not getting an answer, they don't feel like uh, God cares, or, or whatever the situation is, you can get discouraged. This morning I want to focus on that, that third occasion there where Paul is talking about encouraging them, strengthening them, and using that term for this reason, that third term. I found myself reading these verses over and over again and making notes and thinking uh, that many people in churches today seem to be discouraged. You can come in and and look around and there seems to be long faces at times. It's not that they come with long faces intentionally, but there's things going on in their life and they feel discouraged at times. Just in Paul's day, discouragement can weaken a person's faith and cause them to doubt God. It can drain a person's hope to believe and cause them to give up. In, 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 in this case, he's talking about spiritually giving up at times. It can cause a person to lose focus and lose heart on what is truly important and on uh, the source of their strength. That source being God Almighty, Jesus, our Savior, the Holy Spirit that is resident inside of us. You see, faith in Christ is the victory, amen? Faith in Christ is the victory. However, discouragement will steal away one's faith if allowed. 
People get discouraged in many different ways. Listen to this. In family and friends or in situations their family and friends are involved in or are going through. Discouragement because of their personal situation, such as poor finances or poor health or uh, lack of employment or difficult housing. Discouragement because of the days of the news going on in world events. Discouragement do not uh, do not seem to it doesn't seem to be any focused on any particular area of life. They just get discouraged, discouraged because they do not see answered prayer. They don't seem to be getting ahead in life. They don't seem to have the victory that they once had, and they want that victory. They want that, and they're discouraged because the situation seems to be haunting them. Discouragement because their prayers don't seem to be answered according to what they think. Discouraged because of some type of pain or suffering, such as a physical pain, a relational pain, a emotional or spiritual pain. Discouraged because they feel they have been cheated or taken advantage of in some way. Discouraged because they, they can't lift their eyes up to see a way out. They have no hope. In Ephesians 3.13, we see the Apostle Paul did not want the Ephesians to be discouraged or lose heart because of his suffering for them. And the fact he uses those words, uh, in, in so many words, the suffering, my sufferings are for your glory. Possibly because the Ephesians were benefiting spiritually uh, from Paul's actions, Paul's teaching and example and, and suffering, possibly because the Ephesians were not shrinking back with regards to their faith because of Paul's example and in, in suffering. You know, you can see a person go through something and you can, man, how can you go through that? How, how can you go through what you're going through? And they say, well, it's, you know, I've, I've been praying. I trust the Lord. I spoke with a a chaplain who is um, working with, uh, it's not a police chaplain, but it's a hospital chaplain that I know, who's working with cancer, people with diagnosed with cancer. And uh, some of them, many of them are Christians. And for some, it was a time of awakening. They had known the Lord, but they had walked away. But when they got this diagnosis of, of cancer, they turned back to God. And he was telling me about one person in particular that was dying of cancer. I, I forget what type. But he goes, on his last week, we had talked, and he goes, he goes, you know, I never would have turned back to God if it wasn't for this situation in my life. If it wasn't for this cancer, if it wasn't for this suffering, if it wasn't for this, this diagnosis, I would have continued on my way. But he, goes, he, was, he, he was thanking God for that cancer. That's, that's hard to understand. But you see, he, this man, understood the, that this situation was not a curse, but it was something that happened to him, one, because of sin, because of a situation, but God used it to turn him back to Christ. And he turned back to God. And he is with in, with, in heaven with glory, in glory, 
with Christ now. You see, sometimes suffering brings about good things. It's not easy, but sometimes suffering brings about good things. And that's what Paul was talking about. The suffering that he was going through was was for the glory of God, but also for this for these Ephesians, that they would see it and understand it, and that they would share in that same type of suffering that he was suffering for the glory of God. Whatever the case, Paul tells them that he is praying for them. He, Paul wanted to encourage them. He wanted them to know the strength and power of the Spirit of God in them. He wanted the believers to be rooted and, and established in the love of God and that they may be filled Listen to this, to the measure of the fullness of God. I believe Paul wanted the believers to know and understand the power of God that dwelt in them. That the glorious riches of, of, uh, of theirs was in Christ. The fullness of God, his love, his power, the knowledge of God, so that they would be able to withstand uh, suffering or withstand the wiles of the enemy, uh, the attacks, and that they would be victorious. As well as know their faith in Christ gives them the assurance that God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. According, But I want to focus on this according to his power, that works in us. Do you understand you have the power of God in you? Christ is resident in you if you know Christ is Lord and Savior. Notice in Ephesians 3, 13 through 20, the Apostle Paul is clear that the reason they need not to be discouraged is as a believer, it is out of God's glorious riches that we are strengthened with power through His Spirit in our inner being. That the believers recognize that they have the same power together with all saints, knowing the surpassing love of God is for them. That they may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, and that God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to His power that works in us. Nothing what Paul prays is dependent on the believer. How many of you know that your prayers and what you pray for is not dependent on what on who you are or what you do or, or what you say? God moves not because of that, but God moves. It is God who does everything. It is his power, his ability, his presence, his fullness, his love. We're just the conduit. Paul recognized this that in his life and in his suffering, and he wanted the Ephesians to know and understand that he knew and understand about the love and power and presence of God Almighty. See, he understood it, and he was trying to communicate it to them. Church, if God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for us, can you be discouraged? If you understand the power of God is resident in your heart and in your life, should we be discouraged? You see, God has a plan for you, and Scripture tells us that we have a hope and a future in God. 
We're not alone. We're not out there by ourselves trying to fight the life and the situation by ourselves. He is with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Remember, God is sovereign. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. He is ever-present. He is above all creation. Even the enemy of our soul, the devil, has to submit to him. Now I want to, for the remainder of this message, I want to pray that your faith is encouraged. You see, we can't do battle being discouraged. We, we are not going to win the battle of, uh, over the enemy. We're not going to be able to push our desires and our personal desires away. We're not going to be able to turn away from sin in our own power, but we can in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I just pray that you will help us this morning to see that all we have is from you. Our help is from you. Our strength is from you. Our salvation is from you. Everything we have is from your hand, the riches of of your glory. Father, may, may our, our, we understand that the very presence of God is, is, is indwelt in us if we accepted you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to understand that, the, the, that God has a plan for each of us and that he will not leave you or forsake you. However, in some manner, we still may suffer in this life. We are not above suffering. Listen to what Paul tells the Philippians, and I don't want to discourage you by by suffering, but see, there is a glory of God that can come out of your life as you go through difficult times. Paul, uh, in Philippians 1, it says this, Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but you will be saved, that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him since you are going through the same struggles you saw I had and now I still have. And then 1 Peter 3 begins this way, But even if you suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Or do not be frightened. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, uh, against your good behavior in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for evil. Continuing that in First Peter uh, one, he says this, Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. 
through the resurrection of Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. Now for a little while you have had to suffer all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ is revealed. When we go through difficult times, our faith is proved. When we press in and know Christ more and press in and continue to worship Him, continue to praise Him, continue to give Him glory and honor during difficult times, our faith is revealed more and more and others who do not know Christ will see it. But God receives the glory. Church, how we deal or handle in uh, the suffering or difficult situations we find ourselves in will depend on what we hold true in our hearts. It will depend on our faith in Christ. It will depend on how we view the power of God. It will depend on if we believe the Spirit of God dwells in us and we understand that. It will depend if we totally surrender our hearts to Jesus or if we keep an area of our heart off limits to Him. You see, if we fully know and understand the love and power of God, if we can grasp how long and high and wide and deep the love of God is, I think that we will go a long way to trusting God more and more in difficult situations, in the situations we find ourselves in. Church, it's in difficult situations where we grow spiritually. It's in difficult situations we can see the power of God. It's in difficult situations where faith grows. It's in our time of weakness that His strength is seen. In times of sickness, distress, hardship, persecution, insults, and much more, we can experience the power of God even though we are weak, he is strong. In 2 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 10, to keep me from becoming conceited, this is Paul, because of these surpassingly great revelations, there has been given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. It's in times of suffering that we learn the grace and mercy of God. I want you to understand that the Spirit of God is in you. You know that, but understand the Spirit of God is in you, and it's the same Spirit that spoke the world into existence. It is not a lesser spirit. You don't have a second generation or a lesser spirit in resident inside of you. You have Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Son of God, resident inside you, the Spirit of God. 
Jesus dwells in your heart through faith. You have all authority of Christ resident inside of you. When you pray and you pray in the name of Jesus, the enemy has to run. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he comes near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to uh, gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Satan cannot make you do anything. You know, who was it? Was it Cosby that said, the devil made me do it? Church, the devil can't make you do anything. If you don't know that, let me be the let me be one to tell you: the devil cannot make you do anything. Don't believe his lies. Don't believe the enemy. First Timothy, I know I've given you a lot of scripture, but these scriptures I believe are, are here to encourage us. But you. Man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life uh, to which you were called when you uh, made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 1 Corinthians 6, flee from sexual immorality and all, and, and, uh, all other sins a man commits are outside of his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. There are so many scriptures that speak about our weakness, and he is strong. Romans 8:26. in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that cannot, exp- uh, cannot express words. Words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the minds of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Church, the Spirit is in you. It's in you. The Spirit of God knows what to pray for. Paul and Silas could sing in prison and trust God. The disciples, uh, uh, all but John, were martyred for their faith, but they looked to Christ. They all looked to the Lord as suffering and facing death. They all continued to look to the Lord. A person's faith is... is, uh, Stretched during times of suffering. But those stretches are, for, are, are a good thing. Many of you know athletes, don't they have to train? They have to train uh, if they're going to run and if they're going to, to win the games that they are, they are running against. There is pain and suffering during training, but they grow stronger and faster and they build up an endurance as an athlete cannot run a marathon without having trained and run miles upon miles and building endurance and strength, neither can we do this. We must do the same in the spirit. The same what is true in the natural is true, I believe, in the spirit. A person's faith will grow as they push beyond their current stress point. 
Hard times and times of suffering can be a catalyst for us to grow spiritually in faith. We can learn to pray and believe God for the impossible, even when others say it's impossible. You know, the doctors uh, have a word they know and, and such, but they're not the final word. God is the final word. When we grow in faith, we will also grow in the knowledge and fullness of God. I want you to understand that. When you grow in faith, you will also grow in the knowledge and the fullness of God. Our personal desires will not seem as important, and soon our desires will will align with the desires of the one who created us, the one who, who loves us. Back in Genesis, we are told that we are made in the image and the likeness of God. Verse 26 of Genesis 1, God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Adam and Eve were given the ability to rule over all creation but they believed the lie of the enemy. They sinned and died spiritually. In Genesis 3, 14-24, we read how the serpent was cursed. I want to listen to this. The serpent was cursed, and the ground was cursed, but not Adam or Eve. Did you get that? The serpent, the devil was cursed, The ground was cursed, but not Adam or Eve. Yes, Eve would experience great pain in childbirth. Adam would have to toil and work hard by the sweat of his brow that they would eat. Adam and Eve experienced consequences of their sin, but they were not cursed. They died spiritually, but they were not cursed. God provided clothing for them, garments of skin, and and by the shedding of blood, God put both Adam and Eve outside the garden so they wouldn't eat from the tree of life and forever live forever uh, fallen in a fallen nature. The the blood that was shed in the garden looked forward to the cross and Jesus' blood that was shed for them would be shed for all mankind and whosoever believed might uh, might not perish but have eternal life. For the act of God not cursing mankind and the shedding of the blood to cover their sin is a sign of his love, I believe. Adam and Eve still died physically. They died spiritually. But God provided a way out. God provided a sacrifice. The promise of God is true. And when you begin to understand the full extent, I believe, of the love of God for the believer... Uh, we are we will become filled to the measure of fullness of God. We will have the fullness of God in us. Let me be clear. We, the believer, are filled to the measure of the fullness of God. That is as much as we will allow. I'm inclined to believe that the measure of of the fullness of God depends on us. And what I mean is that how much uh, are we willing to, of our heart to give over to Christ? 
How much will we surrender? That surrender comes through prayer, through reading the word, through uh, being conformed into the image of Christ. Paul warns the believer to live a life worthy of their calling in chapter 4. Paul tells them to put away the old self, its desires, and put on the new self, created to be like God, and not to have a hint of impurity. Paul encourages the believer to put on the whole armor of God and to pray. I want to ask you a couple of simple questions. Do you still pray and walk in faith as you did when you first placed your faith in Christ? Are you still on fire for the Lord as you were when you first knew Christ as Lord and Savior? When you pray with... uh, Do you pray with faith and believe that God can do all things, even things that look impossible? Are you praying the will of God or simply your desires? See, the Ephesians started out, started out on fire for God. God, Paul was telling them, encouraging them to to live for God, to understand that there'll be suffering. Look at, look at my life, is what he's saying. But if you look at Revelation 2, look, what we see is we see the Ephesus, the city of Ephesus, is one of the first of the seven churches that John writes about. They had forgotten their first love. Oh, they may have been doing good works, they may have been doing good things, Scripture tells us, but they got their eyes off of Christ. I can only imagine that after a time they started to focus on other things rather than Christ. Their faith and love for Jesus and others had changed to a point that they had lost sight of their true love. And the Apostle Paul calls them, or Apostle John rather, calls them to repent. Let's not forget our faith in Christ. Let's not get discouraged. Let's not forget the love of God that He has for us. Let's not forget the power of God, the Spirit of God that is within us. 1 Peter 2, Peter reminds the believers that they are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. God has called you out. Friends, God will not forsake you as He... uh, Because He has called you out. He has put His Spirit in you. Oh, the answer may be delayed. You may think, well, I don't know. I've been praying for such and such, and I, I haven't heard the answer. I haven't seen it. It hasn't come about. If you read through Job, the same thing happened to Job. But what happened? God sent an angel. And that that answer was delivered right on time. Your prayers will not go unanswered. God knows your heart. He loves you. He sent His Son to die for you. You have the Spirit of God inside of you. He cares for you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Your prayers are heard and the answers are coming. As we look 
ahead to 2017. Let's do, let's look in faith and great expectation. Let's pray in the Spirit. Let's walk in faith and believe that out of His glorious riches, that He will strengthen us with power through His Spirit in our area of being so that we can believe and pray with expectation and share the love of God to those in need. Let me encourage you to keep praying without ceasing. Worship Him. Give Him glory and honor. Wait upon the Lord and walk in faith. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank You. This word that that the Apostle Paul was was teaching and telling the Ephesians. He was speaking words of encouragement and hope. They, some of them had experienced the suffering. They had seen Paul's suffering. They had been praying for his deliverance and his release. But Lord, he was telling them, it's okay. I'm going through this for your glory and for God's glory that they might learn and see the power of God. And so, Father, as we walk through life, as we walk through our daily walk, there are times that we are taken advantage of. There are times that we have been beaten down. There are times that we suffer for, uh, for things not of our own doing. But Lord, we go through this looking to You. We are encouraged to know that the Spirit of God lives inside of us. We are encouraged to know by out of Your riches that we can have power. And so, Father, I pray that You will speak to Your people. May they sense Your presence in time of difficulty, in time of suffering, in the good and in the difficult. And Lord, you call us to be men and women of faith. Encourage us. Help us to encourage one another, I pray, in our walk, in our faith, in you. In Jesus' name, amen.